In this mini-series, The UAE at 50, we examine how the relationship between the United Arab Emirates and the United Kingdom has developed over the past 50 years. Once a British protectorate, since the formation of the UAE in 1971, the country has become a close friend and strategic partner of the UK. Links between businesses, governments and institutions in the two countries have continued to grow over the last five decades and personal and professional ties remain strong. I'm Leila Maghribi and in this episode we take a look at how the young country is finding out about its ancient past by searching its vast desert. Noura Hamad al-Hamli is a young Emirati archaeologist with the Department of Culture and Tourism. She told us how the stories she heard as a child about the UAE's past led her to want to discover more about her country's history. I grew up with archaeology all around me, but I didn't really appreciate or understand the significance of it till I was much older. To me, it came in the form of, of poetry, oral histories, and, and folk songs that I didn't really fully comprehend as a child. My parents owned a, a plot in the Qatara oasis, and we'd go uh, visit there often, and they'd talk about all sorts of stories from their father's and grandfather's time. And my mom would also sing to me, like, you know, old folk songs about the stars. And only later, when I grew up with, I understand that that these that was like common practice for navigation. So I was fully immersed in a culture where you can find archaeology and, and the subtleties. Throughout my studies, I was always interested in humanities and specifically anthropology and history. These interests sparked a curiosity about archaeology that led Al-Hamli to take classes on the subject while at university, even visiting a dig in Al-Ain before training to be a field archaeologist. Her training took her to dig sites in Zanzibar on a collaborative project between Zaid University and DCT in Abu Dhabi and the University of Bristol in England. So uh, Zaid University funded and organized a joint project with DCT Abu Dhabi and the University of Bristol to investigate different sites in Zanzibar. And uh, I went to Zanzibar for two separate seasons as a ZU alumni to work with Dr. Mark Horton from the University of Bristol and Dr. Timothy Power from Zaid University. And I mainly worked on the excavation at the old fort in Stonetown. It was my first experience working in a multi-phase site. And uh, I was trained to supervise excavations and go through the post-ex process, identifying pottery and understanding complex stratigraphy and working with human burials. And uh, in my first season, I remember I was responsible for the excavation of a 17th century Portuguese Christian inhumation burial. It was a good opportunity to meet and, and work with other archaeologists from around the world because we had uh, another group of archaeologists from the U.S. as well joining us and some people from DCT where I ended up working. So uh, it was really good networking and uh, sharing knowledge and insights. Contrary to popularized fiction like Indiana Jones, archaeology is not about finding treasure. To be honest, I'm way more happy digging up an old stone structure than I am finding a piece of gold. It's very rarely finding gold objects in the ground. It all depends on what you like digging and, and what field you're interested in. Because like, if you're interested in the Neolithic time, so like this, or New Stone Age or anything to do with the Stone Age, all you'll find is a bunch of stones worked into arrowheads or spears or you know different tools. And if you're working on more Islamic sites and Iron Age sites, then yeah, maybe you're more likely to find really pretty old things like what you would see on, on the TV and stuff. You might think you're digging into one thing and, and the further down you go, you find out, no, this is actually older. And um, I think that's, that's the amazing part of archaeology. 
especially in this region. It's very satisfying to me personally when I hold an artifact in my hand that hasn't been touched for what upward of 6,000 years. It's a very, very humbling experience for me. And uh, it's so special to know that the last person who touched this arrowhead or this flint tool in my hand was, you know, some Neolithic guy who just happened to drop it there for one, for one reason or another. And uh, I think that's amazing. In a nation surrounded by water, it is perhaps a little surprise that the future of archaeology in the UAE is expanding beyond digging in the desert to searching the seabed. I've excavated and surveyed various sites in the Abu Dhabi Emirates from different time periods, ranging from the late Islamic all the way to the Neolithic. And all the projects I've worked on always pose the same question, right? So how is the environment impacting the lives of the local population at the time? How did the sea level changes affect the settlement patterns, the resources, the consumption, the migration patterns? There was a, a lot to be answered. And with our upcoming project, in the marine project, our approach was if we can't dig it on the ground, let's look under water and so uh, me and, and my colleague Dr. Uh, Richard Cutler began to bounce ideas back and forth to come up with threads to piece together uh, these different prehistoric island uh, sites and you have a number of dispersed sites with common finds and architecture and their cultures so how did these cultural facets travel between these sites where did they originate are they local how back how far back can we date them? And there are a lot of gaps in these like vast windows of time. The potential is there. We just need to align our approaches with our aims. And, and I believe that the future of archaeology and a lot of questions we need answers to are submerged since the sea level has changed drastically and uh, impacted the prehistoric populations. So we want to learn how prehistoric people adapted to their environment and, and how they overcame new challenges. And like I said, I believe that's a theme prevalent in the Emirati population throughout history. A man just as interested in discovering how people adapted in the region over the centuries is Tim Power. After graduating from the University College in London, Power pursued his postgraduate degree at Oxford University in Islamic Civilization a topic he finds fascinating and which, he says, took him accidentally, albeit happily, into the field of archaeology. I kind of fell into it, as I suppose many people do. Um, I was doing my PhD at Oxford about the Red Sea in the Islamic period, and kind of randomly, coincidentally, my parents moved to Al Ain in the UAE. And uh, I used to come and visit for, for holidays, and slowly, slowly, I started to get more and more interested in the archaeology of the Emirates. And coincidentally, an old friend from Cairo happened to have moved to Elaine and was working as an archaeologist there. So he gave me a job, he gave me an opportunity um, back in January 2009. And I started working in the oases of Elaine, and one thing led to another, and I've spent the past 12 years here. I've always been um, personally very engaged by um, the, the warmth of the welcome I've, I've received in the Middle East. And I've spent most of my adult life in the Middle East and uh, had many um, adventures and made many great friends here. So I think uh, both at an intellectual level and at a personal level, um, the Middle East has really uh, caught my attention. Power began his digging career as an archaeological consultant for the Historic Buildings and Landscapes Department of what was then the Abu Dhabi Authority for Culture and Heritage. So at the beginning of my time in the Emirates, I was brought in as an archaeological consultant 
by the Historic Buildings and Landscapes Department of what was then the Abu Dhabi Authority for Culture and Heritage. And basically, they were doing a couple of different projects, um, one of which was the, the rehabilitation of the historic Beit Binati in Qatar Oasis, which they were transforming into an art center. Um, another project was Ghassar uh, um, al-Mawaji, um, the, the historic Dewan of, uh, of Al-Ain, which they were rehabilitating and turning into a, a museum. So I began working on, on these two projects. Um, and really, I got quite um, into the, the, the project in Patara because you know, we, we, we found this really fascinating archaeological site with about six meters of, of, of stratigraphy, these layers of, of human occupation reaching back about 3,000 years. You know? So we had at the Beit Benati a kind of microcosm of Emirati history, which helped us unlock the, the origin and development of the oasis landscape of the lane. Just as Al-Hamli's childhood experience suggested, oral history is just as much a part of archaeology as searching in the sand. One of the many projects Power has been involved in was an oral history of Jazeera at Alhambra, a culturally significant but abandoned pearling village in the UAE. This was a really fantastic example of research-led teaching. I was approached by the Ministry of Public Works to get involved with a project at Jazeera uh, Alhambra. And uh, unfortunately, Jazeera Alhambra is just a little bit too far from Abu Dhabi to be able to um, do much archaeological work. But through a kind of fortuitous accident of history, um, many of the Zab tribe of Jazeera Alhambra had moved to Abu Dhabi in the 1960s. So we were able to um, interview those uh, older generation uh, without having to leave Abu Dhabi. And the students were invited to work in collaboration with the National Archive so that they used the correct methodologies and that, that their results were compatible with the, the wider database held with the National Archive. And the students really worked to interview the, the older generation about the society and economics of the, the pre-modern Emirates. That really was fascinating because it, it took us to um, East Africa, to India. It took us to the neighboring countries which the Emirates used to trade with. It really um, brought the past to life. And, and many of those students have gone on to pursue careers in the heritage industry. So it kind of shows you how this um, research-led approach to teaching pays dividends. Nevertheless, Power is a man who likes to feel and touch his way around history. I like to spend as much time outdoors as is humanly possible. I think uh, it's good to get away from the air conditioning and it's good to be out and about. Um, I think it's it's healthy and proactive. And I think also um, as you get into archaeology and you, you start to understand the, the material culture, which is to say the, the things made by people in the past which have survived into the present day, you start to um, be able to read the historic landscape. So all around us are archaeological sites. We find pottery, coins, inscriptions, ancient buildings, tombs, forts, you know, everything really is, is scattered across the Emirates. And as you explore, as you kind of start to get into this, um, the landscape starts to, to speak to you in a way. And, and you can unlock the, the development of the landscape over time um, through the study of archaeology, which is a very exciting experience. Power's expansive experience across the country has already resulted in a number of books over the years. But his next one, called The History of the Emirati People, has been five years in the making and is set to be an ambitious and timely look at the UAE's historic links with the rest of the world. Essentially, what I'm trying to do is situate the Emirates in these global trade routes. We want to see the, the relationship between the Arabian Peninsula and the Indian Ocean. 
and to what extent the Emirates is a kind of nexus where these trade routes come together. So we can trace this back, actually, um, to an awfully early period of human history. Um, already in the Neolithic period, about 6,000 years ago, people were, were trading with Iraq. You know, about 4,500 years ago, um, during the Umul Nahr civilization, um, the peoples of the Emirates and Oman were trading with um, the Indus Valley civilization and with the Mesopotamian civilization. So maritime trade is deeply embedded in this society. Um, and when the camel domestication comes along at the end of the Bronze Age, we start to see the integration into these Trans-Arabian networks, which really reach up into the Fertile Crescent and down into Southwest Arabia and Yemen. So the Emirates, I think, is a, a fantastically interesting country because of these international contacts, which have characterized its engagement with the outside world throughout its history. For power, these wide-reaching contacts and connections are not just something of the past. Zayed University is a federal university, state university, and it kind of includes students from all seven emirates. So um, some of the work that I was doing involved collaborations with the Department of Culture and Tourism in Al Ain, and we set up an archaeological field school where we brought the students to uh, to work in the oases, the historic oases of Al Ain, where they undertook a, a mapping project. And each year we brought a different group of students and they went on to present their work at the um, Seminar for Arabian Studies in the British Museum in London. So that was a great way of getting young Emiratis excited about archaeology, of introducing them to um, their material culture, to their heritage, and also a way to you know, introduce them to professional contacts and help them to develop uh, you know, engaging CVs that they needed to take their careers forward. One of the main reasons that uh, we need to do that is to create an active and, and, and really um, engaging discussion which at the moment is dominated by Western scholars. We need to get more Emiratis in, we need to have an Emirati perspective. Um, we need, I think, to have a variety of opinions uh, being put forward. There is no uh, objective uh, single take on the past. It's a subjective study. People have different research interests. They come to it for different reasons and they have different agendas. We need that uh, debate and, and for a debate to be healthy, for it to be alive, there needs to be a range of opinions um, with a range of scholars who you might not necessarily agree with, you know, but the fact that they're engaging in the debate is the important thing. So for me, what I try to do is, is build capacity for archaeology in the Emirates, get young Emiratis involved, um, give them the skills and the enthusiasm they need to um, you know, develop their own research interests and contribute to this debate. Thanks to Noura Hamad Al-Hamli and Tim Power. Subscribe to Recorded to hear more about the UAE and UK's relationship in the fields of science, business and the environment.